You're listening to the Shifting Our Schools podcast with our host, Jeff Utick. Did you know the Shifting Schools team responds to the requests of listeners like you? The content we share, the questions we ask, the resources we build are inspired by the hundreds of emails, tweets, and Facebook messages we get each month. Do you have a topic or resource you'd love to hear Jeff explore? Head over to our show notes to learn more about ways to be heard. Now, on with the show. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Shifting Our Schools podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman, and I am honored to be sitting in again for your normal host, Jeff Udick. If, like me, you're missing Jeff Udick right now and you're wondering what opportunities there might be for you to do a little bit of learning with him, if you head over to shiftingschools.com, you select the On Offer tab, and then you wanna select Shifting Strategies for Blended Learning. Uh, That's gonna take you over to an upcoming opportunity that you have to learn with Jeff And I should mention, there is currently a two for the price of one deal on that learning opportunity. So be sure to check it out. Today, we have special guest educator, author, Jennifer Abrams. You might remember Jennifer Abrams from last year's free webinar series, which, by the way, you can return to all of our free webinars by heading over to shiftingschools.com and selecting the resources tab. Jennifer Abrams has a brand new book coming out, so it's my great honor to get to talk to her a little bit more about that book, and we're going to start off this episode by diving in to a brief reading from her book that Jennifer Abrams has so kindly provided for us, so enjoy. The introduction, what does it mean to grow up and stretch at your learning edges? When I think of growing up or stretching at a learning edge, I see the act of stretching oneself moving from being subjected to what's happening to engaging more objectively to relate to the world in a different and bigger way. It is why I write growing up, up with parentheses, because it can be seen as vertical development. One is getting taller with one's development, being able to see not only from the dance floor, but upstairs from the balcony, but also developing in terms of breadth. It's to see more, more broadly in the viewfinder with bigger lenses. So while I say growing up, I could also say seeing a bigger picture. This subject to object shift in how one sees the world is a critical attribute in many theories to adult development. I am not just driven by or swept by or subject to what's going on around me but I can look at my world outside me more objectively and then choose how I want to respond with more discernment and less reaction. Your school, team, or grade level can join you on this journey. We cannot accomplish our mission without one another's support and assistance. In this book, our energy is directed not on our content, our grade level, or our subject, but on our process and development. Schools can be centers to engage people of all ages. They enable us to contribute to society through teaching, 
and also can support our development so we flourish as well. Schools can fulfill their mission by developing those who work for them, supporting administrators and teachers and becoming better professionals in our roles and for our students and better human beings. Developing ourselves in order to support students and also one another means we can work more productively, more meaningfully, more healthfully, and more purposefully. Wherever you are at this point in the text, you've opened yourself to your journey of self-discovery and your goal of being a better self at school has already begun. Uh, so Jennifer Abrams, thank you again so much for, for coming on the podcast. We were absolutely honored to have you on the free webinar series last academic year. Um, and, and again, we're, we're really glad to have you back because you've got a brand new book and that's what we'll be digging into today. So Jennifer, can you sort of give us the elevator pitch version of your book, you know, really in essence, yeah. who was this for and why is it so important uh, right now? Hmm, good question. So the book's title is Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. And the up is in parentheses. And why is it important now? I feel like, and I've mentioned this with many of my other books as well, that we as educators have credentials in how to teach students our subjects or our grade levels, and we don't have credentials in how to talk effectively with each other. And at this time in particular, with so many challenges that we're facing post-pandemic, we're coming back together knock on wood, face-to-face um, -face with looking at diversity, inclusion, belonging, um, teaming, uh, really needing to do things as a group with each other and really respecting each other. We need to grow our skills to be that collective, to be that person in the group and we don't have, as I said, a credential for that. So what does it mean to be our best adult self? What does it mean to work effectively, productively, energetically, respectfully in a collective? It means that we need to build up certain dispositions and capabilities. And that's what this book is about. And I love that because, you know, we talk so much about, yes, collaboration is important in schools. You know, right. that's, that, that's not a secret. Um, and I think sometimes there's this assumption that, you know, if we just are in a group, that's collaboration and, and done. Or, you know, if we've mm -hmm. been with a group long enough that somehow that will be the mechanism by which we get better. And of course, you know, that that's not true. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I've attempted to, you know, fold a, uh, you know, a fitted sheet multiple times, but just because I've repeated that action, I'm not getting any better at it. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to dig in a little bit more uh, and discuss this book because I think it's relevant for anybody who works with people. So mm -hmm. Jennifer, I'm wondering if you might just talk us through, you know, some of the, the research highs mm. and lows that you might have experienced when you were putting this book together. Mm. You know, tell us a little bit more about what the process was like um, and, well, you know, what might stick with you from that research process? Um, so there was just the research process that was in the middle of the pandemic. Okay, so that's tricky. That before the pandemic, I was talking to different people about this and was able to be face-to-face -face with them. 
Um, and I want you to think about as just if we're together, we're not together. Nobody's really talking about the adults learning to talk to each other more effectively in a school. We're supposed to be cooked. We're done. We've got a credential. We have a, uh, a contract. Um, we're just supposed to do the work. So the research was tricky in that people would just look at me and be like, huh? You know, like, I don't get it. You know, like this is, this is really is, do we need to do this? Right. And so then you would hear from people, oh my gosh, you know, I've got people that are really a pain in the butt to be in a team with. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can talk to you about what they're not doing well. Um, so that would be, it would sort of be sort of uh, dishing and, and gossiping about people that weren't doing well. What it was though, that got me in the research of this book is to really ground it in adult developmental theory. And that I had an opportunity to, to sink my teeth into Jennifer Garvey Berger and her group cultivating uh, leadership. Uh, they do work based on Robert Keegan's work on adult developmental theory. And what they're talking about is that this is a really rich time in our lives to grow ourselves, to develop ourselves. And Keegan was at Harvard. He's emeritus now. There were two other people, Bill Torbert and Suzanne Cook-Greuter, um, who also at that time when they were all at Harvard studied adult developmental theory, they went off into corporate stuff and did C-suites and how do we build you know, executives. He stayed within the school of education. And that was really something that stuck with me, which is we in schools don't spend a lot of time talking about the development of the adults and the humans. We talk about child development, but it isn't an indulgence to start to really say adults also have a curriculum. They, if they choose to accept the, 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 you know, the, um, the task, they can grow themselves. And I think we should be doing that in education. I don't see us um, doing anything beyond the concept of professionalism as a standard in people's job descriptions across the world. There's always something that we just should be good collaborative people, but there is no like study of how to do that. And in my research, I was able to study myself. I was able to take courses on adult developmental theory and find an entire group worldwide, people in South Africa, people in New Zealand, people in England that are focusing on developing adults and not just as a psychiatrist or as a psychologist, but within companies or businesses, what we're not doing in education is we're not developing people. And I found like three people that were doing it in education. And so that's what's sticking with me is why aren't we in our field developing ourselves? And what is the, what does the field what is what's what are the limitations in our field to making that happen? Because I think it's not um, it's not okay. I, I I'm asserting that we need to develop within our field, and what does it take to do that? So that's what's sticking with me is uh, 
a, a sticking point within our education field that we aren't developing and it isn't a piece of what we choose to do. And it's so interesting because, you know, I, I think it seems like it would almost make more sense to see schools be the place where we're really taking that perspective, especially when, you know, I hear the phrase lifelong learner thrown right, around. Right. Um, and I, I kind of think, you know, there's almost a responsibility or a duty for us in education to be modeling that to, right. to our younger students. I do. And I completely agree that we are lifelong learners. We learn more about our pedagogy. We learn uh, skills. We're now going to have more students that need us to know how to uh, teach English as an, as an additional language. So we have, we learn more pedagogical skills. Okay. And I don't disagree that education is good about that. There's a lot of PD days and we have to learn about technology and how to do this on a padlet. And we learned this piece that I'm talking about is about development, the difference between learning and developing ourselves. And I think both deserve a place in, um, in our, in our time, in our reflection, um, because it's just, and, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about what I'm talking about in terms of where are we developing ourselves, but it's, it's a different, it's different and still important. Right. You know, I mean, I would almost say it's that, that interpersonal that underpins anything, you know, Absolutely. You, you brought up the technology and um, you know, we, we have quite a few listeners who are instructional coaches or digital literacy coaches, and, it, you know, that might be the goal or the focus, but, you know, if you don't, if those communication, those collaborative skill sets aren't there, it doesn't necessarily matter what you're trying to do. So, yeah. you know, I, I would say for anyone who's ever participated in a book club, a book group, you know, we, we, we might assume that great books are going to leave us with great questions. You know, the, the great books are the ones that lead to the, the better conversations, mm -hmm. if you will. And I, I, I know your book's going to do that. I know it's going to leave mm -hmm. us with some, some great questions. Um, you know, what are some of the questions that you're hoping educators are going to be left with um, mm -hmm. at the end of reading, reading your book? Um, they will, I hope, be left with, how can I develop myself so that I am a value add to any adult interaction that I'm in? And how can I um, learn from every interaction that I'm in? Um, they, I think, will come away with what is asking themselves, where am I on my journey? Uh, to develop myself and to quote, grow up at work. And what is my next, um, my next self-study uh, piece? Um, and I think they're going to leave with how might we as teams um, grow ourselves so that we can do the better work for our students. Those are a couple of the things. I mean, it's, it's not very, it feels, hmm, some people might say this is too deep or this is too woo woo or this is too, and I wanna kind of bring it down. We talk about collective efficacy in our field. Jenny Donahue did fantastic work 
around John Hattie's meta-analyses that said, one of the top things that we could do in order to increase student achievement is to work collectively, believe in the collective, learn from each other, and then we can share that with all of our kids. Individuals show up in those collectives and individuals must actually build up their skill set to contribute to the collective as effectively as possible. And so what is my next step in order to, to, to join the collective and to be a value add? That's what I am really thinking you'll leave with is, oh my gosh, I still am growing. And then you might be sad or you might be frustrated or you might be irritated that you're not cooked, but that's a skill called build resiliency um, of now. So what's my next step? So those are lots of different questions I hope you're left with. Uh, you know, and I'm also, as you're going through those, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if one of the other questions is, you know, how are we seeing one another's potential? I really mm -hmm. love that you bring up this notion that, you know, yes, we might be in a group, but we are individuals in a group. And, you know, I, I've been in that situation and I'm sure this will resonate with other educators where you'll hear a certain department or a, a, a team spoken about and it's sort of like, that's a tricky team dynamic or like that department really struggles. Uh, and I think it's sort of, you know, your book is a resource where that doesn't have to be the end of the story. No. You know, the narrative doesn't have to end with that team is tricky. Therefore, you know, that's all she wrote. Um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, so, so that, I, you know, I really... I think for anybody who's ever felt they are on a tricky team or you mm -hmm. need to work with tricky teams, um, I could see this text being an absolute. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is an, um, I think we need as, as a field to say a little bit more about what it means um, to be a cognitively and emotionally mature grown up within the school. And to say, this is part of our expectation that you exhibit behaviors, that this is just, this is foundational stuff. And I don't think we do, because I think we focus on the learning. We don't focus on the development of the individual. Mm. And the tricky team probably has um, some individuals on it that aren't as skilled in being able to suspend their certainty and all they do is advocate, or they're not as skilled at giving feedback in humane ways, and they just kind of throw their words out and harm people, or they're not as skilled at um, managing themselves when they don't psychologically feel as healthy as they need to, and they ooze their drama onto other people. And then it just sort of erodes the team's capability of doing stuff. And so tricky teams, people will always say, well, they just, these people just have bad, the personality, what are you going to do? They just have bad personalities. They're kind of curmudgeons or they're just not, they've got bad attitudes or whatever. And I say, but those exhibit themselves in behaviors and actions and those behaviors and actions, we can actually say, these are the behaviors and actions that are, are helpful on a team. Here are the skills and mindsets that we could develop that could actually change that team dynamic. And that's part of what this book is about. I love that you use the word erosion. You know, it, it helps sometimes for me to almost have like a, a metaphor of thinking through this. So, 
you know, yeah, like a team that, that sort of team culture might erode, Mm -hmm. but even just like with, you know, erosion in the soil, you can put some plants in the ground. You can seed Mm -hmm. some things in there that can pull it back together. Um, so I, I, I kind of like thinking of, of your book as like, this is, you know, planting some seeds. Planting yeah. some seeds. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, I know that often you, you know, you're all around the world last mm-hmm. year virtually, uh, <laughs> you know, taking some of the the books that you've written and, and unpacking them further in workshops. And mm-hmm. I will bet money that there are some folks who will be listening to this and thinking, this is what we need. How do mm-hmm. we do further learning with Jennifer Abrams? So do mm-hmm. you have any opportunities that are coming up on the calendar or preferred ways that folks can reach out to you? Yes, yes. Um, I'm working with uh, my publisher today to create a public um, workshop that we will put out and it'll be on my website, jenniferabrams.com. It'll probably be on their website, miravia, M-I-R-A-V-I-A.com. But find me, we're going to do some workshops. I primarily focus on coming into schools or districts. So it was just on a, a phone call right before this with somebody saying, can we start the year with you and we'll do a book study with our middle level leaders. And that's very common um, so that I'm going in-house to do stuff. Um, or with a region. But at this point, we're going to start to do some public workshops too. So it's either way, I'm going to be able to get this out. And I'm starting to also consider with the five books that I've written, um, they're all about adult to adult communication. They're all about building up that skill set. So I'm trying to design maybe an institute where we kind of go through for a year, how can we become a community and then build up our skill set um, to use the skills from those books, having hard conversations, collaboration stuff across the generations, rolling out initiatives with Swimming the Deep End. How can we kind of uh, learn these skills and then take them back to our, to our schools and to our organizations? So we'll see. That's, that's a to-be-determined institute. But yeah, those are the ways to find me. I, I love that idea of, you know, again, because these, these skills really do underpin everything that we do of, of really kind of saying, let's, let's sustain our learning here. Uh, and, you know, I, I know that some folks will be listening and they'll be thinking, okay, step one might be for us to bring the book in, have a book mm-hmm. club. Um, and, and I have always been that teacher bringing books to my admin saying, please, can we get 30 copies? Can we get 50 copies of this? Um, you know, and of course, Admin get lots of requests. Uh, so if you're a listener and you're thinking, right, I, I know, you know, my team, I know other teams would really be able to use this book. I'm going to bring it to my, my principal or my superintendent and suggest it as a, a book club. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that leader often will turn around and say, okay, why this book right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what are you thinking in terms of our current context um, you know, many schools will have been coming out of, you know, perhaps a year yeah. or a big chunk of time, remote right. learning, hybrid learning. Um, you know, why might this be a really useful mm-hmm. text for, for when we, when we factor in that current context? Yeah. When, so I've been asked to do a number of keynotes where they are talking to me and they're saying, we haven't seen each other in 15 months. Can you kind of come and do sort of this inspirational thing, you know, where, can you say something about how we can be our best adult selves back together again? And, and I, and I can do that. 
And I want to acknowledge that we are shaky. I'm going to guess that we're going to be very shaky coming back, not per se because we're vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's not about that. It's that we have, we got to get back on the bicycle and talking to each other. We have been on Zoom. We haven't physically been sitting with each other. We've been with students that may may or may not have been turning on their, their cameras, right? And now we're back and we should be better. We should be taking, um, taking sort of a really strong look at, wow, things really were bad. How can we be our best selves? And this is, this is a, a, a tool in the toolkit that can help us say, you know, well, we're going to come back better. And what should we do to show up for each other in better ways? This is, this is the stretching. I mean, that's why I call it stretching your learning edges. We're going to be shaky. How can we do this better? Uh, now, let's not go back to being dysfunctional the way we were. We've exposed a number of challenges, um, ways of teaching things that we haven't been doing well before. Well, now let's actually come and try to make it, make him, make him better. And so we've got to be better to do that. So that's why I think it's now that it's a perfect time to show up in better ways. So let's do it. Yeah. As you're talking, you know, I'm just reflecting on a number of conversations I've had where, you know, the pandemic forcing, you know, us to pivot and do things differently, kind of opened the door to having a conversation about, you know, let's be a little more authentic and honest about things that weren't working. And often that communication piece is sort of like, you know, the elephant in the room that we don't address, even though, you know, as we've been saying, it's so, so, so pivotal. And I'm guessing too, Jennifer, you know, even if things were quote unquote smooth sailing, you know, sometimes I find almost that stagnation of everything has been the same for forever. We almost forget to do that work on self and team. Um, Mm -hmm. So I can even see, you know, for teams that have been together forever and it's It's easy to sink into a routine. Yeah. It's a good reminder. I I call it being two feet in the present. Um, Let's show back up again. Yes, we know each other, but let's even get better. You can always get 10% better. You can always learn how to do certain things. And I spend my days thinking about this, but in my relationship with my boyfriend, I forget to suspend my certainty. In my relationship with him, I sometimes don't say things in a humane way. And it's the safest of relationships. It's the easiest. And if I don't kind of, you know, um, intentionally stop and say, how can this be a even more loving, humane, um, fulfilling thing and what are the skills, then it's not going to happen. So this book is not, a, it's not for love affairs, but it's for, it's the idea of how can I stretch so that I can be an even more respectful and engaged um, team member. And it's, and it's on us to do it. And so, yeah, let's, let's get at it, as I call it, stretch. And it's never going to end. It's called stretching your learning edges. There's always going to be places to grow. So let's, let's do it. I love it. That action verb is so important. And, you know, we, we talk all, all the time about the research that says psychological safety in teams, that's, you know, the real catalyst for truly productive teams. Right. Um, So Jennifer, I'm hoping again, listeners, 
check out her book. Uh, you know, you, you can get it just about everywhere. You can also find links to it in the free guide that accompanies this episode. Thank you so much for your time today, Jennifer Abrams. And uh, we look yeah. forward to staying in touch. Um, and, and hopefully, again, this is uh, the second in more conversations to come. Lovely. Thank you so I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Shifting Our Schools podcast. As we wrap up, we have a special message from your regular host, the one and only Jeff Udick. Thank you, Trisha, for scheduling and chatting with these amazing educational authors for our audience. I'm Jeff Udick, and while Trisha has been giving me a break from my podcasting duties, I've been able to spend this time working on some new keynotes and workshops for the start of this coming school year. I've been honored to have delivered start of the year keynotes and PD days for audiences around the world. And as much as you are all excited to welcome students back into your schools and classrooms, I'm excited to get back in front of educators and thought leaders. I pride myself on customizing keynotes that are interactive, inspiring, and ignite meaningful conversations at your school or district. Head over to shiftingschools.com and select the on offer tab to learn more about what I've been working on for this year's keynotes. These keynotes, of course, are the starting point. From there, I work with school leaders to create a custom-made keynote for your community. Let me know how I can support you. And thank you again, Trisha. And until next time, I'll see you on the network. Did this week's story inspire you? Are you looking for a conversation on a specific topic? Reach out to the Shifting Schools team through any of our social media channels linked in our show notes. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. For more resources to support you in shifting your school, be sure to explore our collection of free ready-to-roll guides available at shiftingschools.com.